This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I don't care that bouncer kicked us out for absolutely no. Is it on? Oh, welcome everybody to the Digger Dads Pure Shy Podcast. This one is episode number nine. Number nine, lad. What do you reckon? Or as my uncle would say, number nine. Number nine, Dad. Has he got the Australian twanged in? Oh, he has. You reckon he's going to keep that or are you going to be able to, to shape it up a bit? Oh, no, he'll, ha- he'll hang on to that, say, but I'll throw in a few words like I've done with the missus. Like, she's, she's not Irish at all. And she knows Ishka, she knows Banya, she knows Tay, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, so, so we've got listeners in, like, Guatemala and all these areas, so they're not going to know what Ishka and Banya is. So Ishka is Irish for water. Banya is Irish for milk. And there's a few more words there, like Fwinog. What's that mean? That's window. Oh, nice. Y- you were in school that day. Oh, I paid attention that day. Paid attention that day. Anyway, lad, how are we getting on? What's the story? Ah, just the same old stuff, really, you know, just keeping it real and doing it big. You know yourself. I have to work tonight now, so we need to quickly get through this podcast. No acting the bollocks, because I need to go for sleep very soon. So let's get on with it. Anyway, how'd you get on? You, you went out drinking the other night with the lads. Yeah, last weekend. Oh, fuck, lad. We got absolutely fucked. I did anyway. Oh, I had to leave early. I, I finished up at about 12 or 1. And I think they came back at uh, 4, something like that. And I heard there was a young one in the in the fucking flat as well. I don't know which one of them was fucking tipping her, but I heard there was a young one there. Anyway, and they were, she was mad to wake me up. And I was kind of lying there half asleep. I didn't want to get up. I don't know if they realised that I was actually awake. But I didn't want to get up because as soon as you get up, they fucking annoy the shit out of you. And... I had reached that level of drunkenness where I'm just like, leave me the fuck alone. But I'd say every taxi now we were in in Brisbane absolutely fucking hated us. Yeah, I saw the videos on TikTok, Terry. We're having good crack in those taxis. Yeah, the first one in now we got. We, we just had a few bottles in the flat that we were going to be staying at. And then we got the Uber and stuff. So I'm sat in the back with uh, four other lads. 
three other lads, sorry. And then there's one in the front and his name is Shane and he's just a fucking messer. Just a fucking messer. So there's an Indian fella driving this Uber anyway and we're heading into the fucking city and a few of us are in the back chatting away. I'm just recording the old TikToks having a laugh, you know, and the lads are joining in and having good crack with it too. And next time you hear the Shane in the front seat, it wasn't the Indian fella that said this for anyone that fucking, anyone that fucking saw that video. But all you hear is garlic football. I like to play garlic football. (laughs) (laughs) And fuck me. It just came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. And I nearly fucking wet myself in the back of this taxi. Gas lads. We had some fucking crack. Met a lot of people out that night. A lot of people uh, recognized me from the TikToks and all that kind of stuff. So I was in a lot of photographs and fucking um, some young one uh, tried pulling me into dance. Uh, I told her I'm not much of a dancer. She insisted I danced. And uh, yeah, no, I'm not much of a dancer, lad. Not at all. So, um, yeah, it was a good night. It was a good night. I, I was getting absolutely fucking blackguarded with the amount of people buying me pints and stuff. So I quickly reached my limit at about 12 and 1 o'clock, I'd say, and had to head off. And I remember sitting in the back of this taxi and there was a woman driving. And I said, look, just get me home quick. I'm going to pass out in the back of this taxi here. I'm absolutely fucked. Absolutely fucked. But it was a good night. It's a good night. And thanks to everyone that uh, met up with me that night and uh, met some fucking class people. Class people. So we did like an episode where we were talking about shifting and that. And then this fellow messaged me on Instagram. He's like, podcast is pure class, lad. Does have me an absolute hip. Come here, I tell you. I've got a shifting story if you want. I said 100%, lad. That's what we want. We want people to send in all of their fucked up stories. No problem at all. I said, I'll give you a pure class shout out as well, lad, if you want. And he said, no, no. You need to keep me anonymous because my ma listens to this. And I don't want her to know that I shifted on. I said, no bother at all, lad. I'll do that for you. So, he sent me in the story. Now, his name is... <laughs> and it says, Was in first or second year? I can't really remember. It was such a long time ago. And all the boys were trying to get me to shift. They're pure sound like. But sure, I had no time for that kind of shite. I'm a busy man. I've got calves to rear. I've got fucking turf to foot. Who's got time for young ones? Who's got the time? He says. But one day, at lunch... They grabbed a hold of me and said, listen here, old lad, you need to get away from that farm and start courting young ones. You need to have offspring. You need to have children for this farm. So get into fuck. Get this thing done. They threw me into a porta cabin. How the fuck do you have a shift in one of those, lad? No, you're thinking of a porta loo. Yeah, that's like one of those toilets on site. No, a porta cabin is a fucking prefab. Remember the old school with the prefab classes? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I get it now. So they threw me into a porter cabin out the back and sure of course there was a one already in there. Kind of like Amsterdam. You know when you walk in you pick a door and you walk in and there is fucking Tiffany waiting already for you. You you don't stay and have breakfast with Tiffany I imagine. But she's there. She's there. Anyway the lads they held the door shut. They would not let that door go and they were roaring and shouting going Go on! Get into it! Go on! Just Egging me on. So anyway, I started shifting your wine. Absolutely shifting the face of this one. Smelling the chicken rolls and tato. And then, I noticed that the shouting stopped. The lads went silent. I thought, that's not like them. They just egged me on afterwards too. Something's not quite right here. So I turned to the make-believe Tiffany. And I said, listen here. I'm very sorry now. This is going to have to stop. I'm quite scared. This is unusual behaviour. So, I went to the door and I opened it. 
And wasn't there a fucking teacher standing there holding the shotgun? No, she wasn't holding the shotgun. I made that bit up. Sorry about that, lads. Uh, but she was fair sound about it. She only hit me three times and said, I don't care what you are at. And walked off. But Jesus, I nearly died, he said. You fucking nearly did die, lad. Fair play to you, though. Fair play to you. You got in. You got it done. Another one ticked off the list, lad. Another fucking job ticked off the list. Now you can go about your business. Go after and milk the cows. I got an email the other day as well off a fella called Brian Worrell. And he said, Well, Shane, you don't know me from Adam. I don't. I don't even know you from Stephanie. Been to Australia in 2009 when things got bad at home. Left me partner and child behind. Worked for six months solid in the mines in WA. Beat the fuck. But wasn't happy to bring me partner at the time. Fast forward to 2022 after a couple of jobs at home and setting up my own business with my own truck. Running it for five years doing every hour God gave. The fuel started going through the roof and a few other things happened. And I said fuck this. So I sold up my truck and my trailers. My wife and I had a long chat and I said I want to give Australia a go as a family. My daughter, now 15, was not a happy camper. But we talked her around. The old art of persuasion led. Isn't it fantastic? I can't, I can't imagine it'd be easy with a teenager. You'd have to offer them like a fucking a Jaffa cake or something, hey? Here. Jaffa cake in it now for you. Pack a bag and we move to Australia. We put our house up for sale and the sale agreed in one week. Fair fucks, lad. Bear in mind it was in Bogtown, Clonigown. Shout out to Clonigown. Just over the ditch from your home place. Not too far at all, lad. Just the other side of Geishel there. Wouldn't take me long now to get there. So long story short, me being 43, I had to be sponsored, which I was. And I'm lucky to have a company that took me on and got me the visa. Lad, that's fucking class. That is class. So since the 1st of March 2023, we are living in Orange, New South Wales. Children are starting school 26th of April. They are both playing AFL with my nine-year-old, Mossy. That's some name. Sporting his awfully jersey at training. Bear in mind, my wife and I are from Kildare. On the lily whites. I am working with a contractor crushing out at Kadia Goldmine, just 28 kilometres from home. God, that's a nice drive. Do you get to keep some of that gold? Can you, like, sneak some of that into your sock? Or do you have to walk through a metal detector? Or do you even see it? Do you even see it? That'll be fascinating to know now. I have never seen my wife happier, lad. That's what it's about, hey? Keeping the family happy. Just to let you know, your TikToks might have had a small part in making us take the plunge. That's powerful stuff to hear now. Absolutely powerful stuff. To think a fucking Egypt from Dangan could convince another probably fucking Egypt from Clannigown <laughs> to jump on a plane with his family again and take the plunge in Australia and now couldn't be happier. Uh, fuck, lads. What's going on in the world? What am I doing? It's lovely to hear it, though, Brian. It's lovely to hear it, lads, and I hope everything's going well for you. So did you go on many holidays in that, like? Did you do much travelling and stuff? Oh, when I was in London now with herself, yeah. I, I met her in London, obviously, and she um she came over from Australia to London. And what they do is they land in London and then fly around Europe, do their travel and see what they have to see. And then after the two years, they go home or they might go off to Canada and do it over there as well. And that's what she was doing. Like She was going around all these countries like uh, Bulgaria and all these places, China. You know, she's seen so much. And then we got together and we were together for a while and decided to have our first little little trip away. And we went to Portugal. Now, we didn't go to, like, um, the Algarve, if it's called that, where um, everyone goes for the sun and all that kind of stuff. She's more into, like, the, the travelling around and seeing things and um, experiencing the food and that. We're, we're big food people now. She's turned me into a foodie. I used to be a real fussy bastard with food. And um, 
I kind of still am, I think, but um, I've definitely opened up a bit more to food now that I've met her and um, I know some of the stuff that she's eaten hasn't killed her yet. So um, I, I, I attempt to have a few more yolks now. <laughs> yeah, so we went to Portugal first. We went to Porto in uh, Portugal. And that was nice. We had some nice food there, you know, a nice relaxing time away. Um, I had my first experience with uh, sushi over there, which was not great, no. Not great. Fish doesn't agree with me at all. And any kind of um, shellfish, I, I found out I'm allergic to. I nearly died eating prawns one time. Go away. I did. I fucking did. It was like a wedding present for us. Someone got us a cooking class. And we made our own prawns. And I thought, well, I've seen these things being made now. And I've participated in it, so I'll try them. Well, fuck me, lad. I nearly died in the middle of the night. I, it got to the point where I said to myself... If I don't take myself to the hospital now in the next 10 minutes, I'm probably going to die. So instead, I had a cup of tea. And after I had the cup of tea, I kind of um, settled down in my stomach a bit. But Jesus Christ, the lining of my stomach would have been torn to shreds with the amount of fucking times I had to get up and fucking puke. I cannot eat shellfish. I cannot be near it. Frightens the shite out of me now to even think that there could be someone eating it beside me at a restaurant. We went off to Portugal there and then we did Rome in Italy. Oh, nice. Did you go and see the Colosseum? Yeah, fuck lad. Pure class. Place is massive. Like, y- you don't really realise how big it is. It looks big in the history books, like. It looks big in the history books, and they talk a big thing of it. But when you go there, you're like, Jesus Christ. Lads used to fight one another with swords in here. Tigers and lions coming out, and lads have to try and fight off a tiger. That'd be pure class to watch. Pure class. But anyway, we went to Italy, and the thing about um, when you're over in like Italy and all these places that are known for food as well is you need to steer clear of the real touristy spots. You know, around the Trevi Fountain there in Rome, we found a sweet little spot now to have some food. And it was the only spot that didn't have a fucking Luigi standing outside it going, I'm coming to my restaurant, the Bellissimo, you come and try my pasta. Steer clear of that fucker. Steer clear of him. Because they're selling shite food in there. The food is so shite, they have to send a fucking Egypt outside to try and beg you to go in. It's the ones that have got no one standing outside, the ones that are off the grid. You know, anything that's on the seafront, anything that's on the main drags, they are pure shite. You want to be walking down laneways, six or seven different laneways, kind of going, where the fuck are we? And then you know it's a restaurant, and all you see is local people going in there. That's where you're going to experience food. That's when the pasta is fantastic. And then we went to Finland. Oh, that would have been cold, was it? Yeah, we went in November. So it was fucking freezing. I had to buy a hat. I was that cold. Guess how much the hat was? I don't know. Have a guess. How much would you pay for a fucking woolly hat? Just an ordinary woolly fucking hat. Eh, uh, I don't know, six euros. Thirty fucking euro the bastard thing cost me. Thirty euro for a fucking hat. I'm telling you. I fucked that dead. Everything was fucking ridiculous money in Finland. And there's nothing there. Nothing there. Anyone from Finland watching this? It's pure shite over there. How do you live there? Jesus Christ, like. And then when I was like 15 and stuff, I went to like Barcelona with the school, which was, uh, that was good crack, like. Some stories from there now as well, but they'll come up in probably a a future episode. (laughs) So you would have like proposed your missus in that underneath, like the Falafel Tower? The Falafel Tower? Yeah, that one that looks like an A-frame. The Eiffel Tower? That's the one. Yeah, that's in France, lad. I've never been to France. All right, so... You would have done it next to Travis's fountain. The Trevi fountain? Yeah, no lad. No, not at all. We don't believe in that sort of stuff. We're both agreeing on this, that we don't like to make a big deal out of stuff like that. So how it happened was, right, going back to um, your man Brian, 
who's in Orange in New South Wales, when I worked down there for a few weeks, I came back up. And the thing with us is we discussed things. Um, we knew we were going to get married. We knew it was going to happen. So she knew I was going to propose to her. How would she know that? I had to ask her how big her ring was. Beat the fuck, lad. <laughs> hey, that's a personal question, no. Cop on, will ya? But I had to ask her the size of her ring, right? Jeez, lad. <laughs> you're, you're digging a hole here now, but anyway, keep her going. So, yeah, she uh, she knew it was coming, but she didn't know when. So when I got back from Orange, New South Wales, I, I did the whole kind of asking her mother, which I, I wasn't comfortable with either. Like, I know all traditions could fucking die. Like, you know, they could really die because we're not riding up to people's houses on fucking horses going, yeah, I want to marry your daughter. Any chance you let me marry your daughter? The one there in the yellow. You know, we don't do that anymore. You, you commit to someone for years and then you decide, right, let's get married together. So... The whole thing where I said to her mother, here, look, I, I'm thinking about proposing to herself. Is that all right? And she said, yes, that's fine. And she gave me a big hug and everything. I just thought it was awkward, like. Surely you knew this was going to happen. But the missus, she was sat on the floor playing with the little dog. And I, I had the ring in the box. Hey, <laughs> fuck off. So I sat in beside her anyway. And I just kind of put my hand on her back. And she looked at me and I, I just took the ring out. And I just said to her, will you? I didn't even finish it. I just felt real weird, like. We knew this was going to happen. Why do we need to build it up? Like, it's just not me. It's just not who I am. I'm not going to sit there going, do you, Gretchen, Teresa, Sharon, Siobhan of Gryffindor want to take me, the biggest Egypt to come out of Offaly, to be your husband? Like, I- I'm not about that. So she said, will I what? I said, do you want to get married? And she just said, yes. I said, fuck, that's class. And even when she was letting me know that she was pregnant, there was no big thing made about it. I didn't come home to her sat on the chair with rose petals all scattered around her and this fucking baby blanket and stuff. There was none of that. I came in from work, right? She was sat on the couch watching the telly. It was about six o'clock, nearly seven o'clock in the evening. I came in from work and I put my phone and my keys and my wallet down on the table where I usually put them. And beside that was like a, a sandwich bag thing with what looked like a thermometer in it. I, I, I didn't know what it was. I said, have you got a fever and you're trying to keep it under wraps or what the fuck's going on? And she said, have a look at it. And I picked this thing up and it, it, it had a plus sign on it. I said, is that a pregnancy test? She said, yeah. I said, so plus is good. It's not an AIDS test. Plus it's good. She said, yes. And we, we had our own little moment uh, celebrating ourselves and stuff like that. D- d- there's no, we don't make a big thing out of stuff. And that's how we like to do it. And then later on, then we announce it to people. Look, I says to her, did any chance you want to get married? And she said, I sure not about her. As long as it's not before Friday, I've got stuff to be doing. I said, no, sure, we leave it for a few weeks anyway. We leave it for a few weeks. And sure, I said, fuck it, let's have a child as well. And we went upstairs and we conceded one. Hey, up ya, bye ya. This is a part of the podcast where I ask Ryan five quick fire questions and I expect five quick fire answers. Are you ready? Yep, this is probably my favorite part. Let's go. Do you sleep naked? No, I usually have the duvet. Uh, what is your favourite flower? Uh, Odlums, because they make some good apple tarts with that flower. Who is your biggest fan? Uh, there's a girl called Melissa. She seems to like me a lot. Who scares you the most? Uh, my ma. And what is the second thing you will do in the morning? Uh, brush my teeth. Nice. They were much better than last week now. Yeah, that was good. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, this is a part of the podcast that's getting quite popular now. Lots of people are messaging me on Instagram saying that they're really liking this. So my ma found an old copy of mine when she was hoovering my room. Now I knew she was going to clean the room because she usually cleans rooms every day. And I hid the stuff I didn't want her to see. But she found a copy and she said, Ryan, what's this copy for? Are you keeping this or are you getting rid of it? It's no good under your bed. Do something with it. So I said, all right, I'll hold on to it. And when I was looking through it, I found these stuff that I thought people might like to know. So this is another random one, right? Dear Copy, 184. Copy, what's happening, Scan? Come here, listen. Today I went swimming in the canal. It was a serious old day out as well. It was like 14 degrees or something. Like hot enough where you could cook an Aldi pizza on the road. And there was like seven of us swimming in the canal. It was pure class. There was loads of ones from the girls' school as well. So I decided to show off and do like a mad backflip off one of those black and white things that they used to hold down the boats that are bringing in all the gear for Mongo Moriarty. <laughs> He's a tough man. You don't smile at him. So when I was doing the backflip, I thought I saw like a massive shark or like a perch or something. So mid-spin, I hesitated and I hopped myself off an old bike that was in the water. So I'm writing this from Casualty in Mulligar. All the lads said that the hospital would be class and all the nurses were savage. But the dimpna one here, she is older than the church in our town. And she looks at it. Anyway, time for the legal drugs. <laughs> Peace out, sheep shaker. Jackhammer, out. You didn't like the dimpna one? <laughs> <laughs> no, lad, she, she was like fucking 97 or something. She was very old now. And I had another time when I was like in hospital getting my appendix out. And then, like, after it, I was a bit sore in that. So I was walking around like a dimpna one that was like 97. Like, me, me back was bent and I was like, oh, this is sore. And this nurse came up behind me. And she grabbed me by the shoulders. And she pulled me back. And she said, straighten your back. I was like, you're a fucker. This sore like. I've just had knives in me. Fuck off. But yeah, she, she was an awful woman in that children's ward in Tullamore. Can't remember her fucking name, but Jesus Christ. There's no need to do that. Like, that was, that was assault. Yeah, hospitals are mental, lad. Absolutely mental. We were in one in London. King's College Hospital. Fuck, you see some loony bins in there. God almighty. And the thing about it, it's a big city, like, London's a big old spot, and a lot of the big city fucking casualties and stuff just get filled with absolute nut jobs. There was one woman there now, she was, um, she was an African woman, and she was, like, walking up to this fella's child, and, like, wanting to pick up his child, and asking his child to come over, and wanting to walk his child over to the vending machine. And your man was like, what the fuck are you doing, like, fuck off. He stood up to her and Everton, confronting her, and she was giving him shit then, because... She was like, what's wrong with you? I'm only wanting to talk to your child. It's like, this child is like fucking six. What the fuck? And you've got people all around you. That some of them have got gunshot wounds and fights break out. In the- oh, fuck, lad. Just, I don't know how anyone 
can work in a fucking emergency department in a hospital. Nurses, they do not get paid enough. They're the ones that are stood directly in front of these people constantly. I understand doctors are doing a fucking mighty good job too. It's the nurses that are having to deal with these people um, for the majority of the stay. And the administrating staff, anyone that's working behind the counters usually have to take a lot of shit as well. Fuckers walking up all the time shouting at them, banging on the fucking prospect's glass or whatever the fuck it is. Wanting to fucking be seen straight away. It's like, it doesn't work like that. Old Cora here, she was here fucking nine hours ago. She needs to go next. Fuck off. Uh, I was watching a show on the telly last night now, which I thought was very entertaining. Very entertaining. Oh yeah, what was it? Uh, naked Attraction. Oh yeah. <laughs> go on. Uh, so it's like a dating show, alright? And what happens is, there's someone that's wanting to go on a date. And they're standing beside a woman called Anna Richardson. And behind them then, is like six coloured pods. Like little houses with no rooms like. And there's like a green one, there's like a pink one, there's a blue one, there's a red one, there's an orange one, there's a yellow one. And then behind each of those pods is a naked single person. And the pod will lift up from the bottom and it will stop at the trousers region. And you can see like Mickey's in there. What? Yeah, and like Fanny's in there. Go away. I'm telling you that. Oh, should I know? Should we watch it ourselves here? And then the person on the outside that's chosen chooses someone to eliminate based on how that area looks. Like, if someone's got like a, a really small Mickey and they don't like that, they'll just say, yeah, I get rid of him. I don't like him now. And then Anna will say, why are you doing that now? And she'll tell lies like, because at the start she said she wants a big fella. And then the, the small fella appears and she's just like, get rid of him. And then Anna's like, why? Why are you getting rid of him? I, I don't like his toenails. His toenails are too clean. Too clean. They tell lies. They tell pure lies. You don't want him for his Mickey. That's it. Just be honest to him. Don't be lying to him. And then it could be the same then like if there's a man and he likes a woman and he's picking fannies and he's like looking going oh, I don't like look that one no. That one looks like a like a hamburger. You know. Get rid of her. But he won't say that. He'll say she's got big hands. Like, you're telling lies to these people. Stop that. So then that person gets eliminated. And then the thing lifts up even more. And guess what? What? You get to see like diddies. What? Diddies, lad. Go away. I'm telling you, lad. I'm telling you. And then they'll get rid of them then based on their diddies. So like, say, shh, say he doesn't like, like small ones. And he says to the one, I don't like her now in the yellow. Anna will say, why is that? And he'll say, I don't know. I just think we don't have a connection. It's like, connection? You're looking at her ditties, lad. How much of a connection are you going to get from that? It's attraction, not connection. And then he'll like move on up to the face. And I think that's the worst one to get eliminated on. Because he has seen almost everything now. So if he's getting rid of you then, or if she's getting rid of him then. Like, you're an ugly bastard. In their eyes, like, I might think that you're alright, but... In their eyes, they think you're an awful looking idiot. So, and then uh, the fourth round, it's the voice. So uh, they start talking and you have to pick someone based on how their voice sounds. And then by the end of it, there's two people left and they get to see the person that was out on the floor with no clothes on. But they've got no say. So if that person walks out with a Mickey like a mouse, they can't say, actually, I don't want to go on a date with him. They just have to go on the date. He gets to choose it or, or she gets to choose it, whoever's doing the choosing. 
They're like, oh, Jan was going to go on a date here with, with Colette over there. Yeah, Colette's grand. She's got the whole package. But Colette, Colette can't say fuck off. I don't like the look of you. You've got tattoos, let. Go away. Could you imagine like bringing someone like that home to your da and your ma and saying, this is Rosie. We met on the television. And your father's like, oh, I know. I saw it. <laughs> How are you getting on, Rosie? <laughs> it's hard to be fucking awkward for a dinner chat, wouldn't it? So it's something you'd recommend, is it? I definitely would. I'd recommend it to everyone over 18. <laughs> <laughs> everyone over 18. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's not for, for small eyes, but it's quite funny. Like I, I laughed quite a bit through it now, and I got quite judgmental as well. Like, fella steps out there. I was, Jesus Christ, he's got a clothesline between his legs. Fuck's sake, you could hang washing off that. What the fuck? And then one come out, and she got, like, massive deities. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Extra pillows. Fucking hell. They were massive. And I just talked good, like, yeah, we're the same. Like, myself and the missus will sit down and watch that. And we're just sat there the entire thing, just being judgmental as fuck. Jesus, would you look at the fanny in that one? Jesus Christ. Where is his cock? Is, is, is he storing it in his pocket or something? In his trousers in the back room? Where is it? Like, <laughs> it's a good watch, though. It is a good fucking watch. So... Getting towards the end of the podcast now, lad. Hey, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that was good now. We're talking about naked ones on the telly and we got chatting about other stuff there as well. I hope people enjoyed it and keep sending the messages, lads. We'll, we'll read out your messages, no problem at all. And, um, yeah, we're really enjoying doing this now. It can be tough sometimes, like, there's days now where we try and do it and it, it doesn't really work for us and we have to try again the next day, like, because we're doing it all on our own, like, we're, we're our own producer, well... You're doing it all on your own because you're essentially the two people that's talking on this. Fuck's sake, lad. You always say this. I'm just telling people how it is, like. So, you're like, you're doing it all on your own, like. You're doing everything. You're doing the producing. You're doing the talking. You're doing the editing. You're doing all of that stuff all by yourself. You're you're not right in the head, like. I, I do think I put a bit too much work on myself sometimes. I'd say so, lad. Your brain, it never stops, like. Oh, that never stops. Never fucking Jesus stops. It's my worst enemy sometimes. Me, me greatest creation, but me worst enemy. Like, fuck. I, there, there's times where I just, I need, um, I need a time out, like, you know, and I just need to shut off. And I, it's nearly impossible, like, nearly fucking impossible. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy doing the podcast and I'm really fucking trying to pump out as much of them as I can to you people. But please, g- give us, give us stuff to talk about. Anthony want us to talk about. Anthony want to hear. Give us that. Into me Instagram DMs and fucking message me. I'll give you show outs. Tell me your stories. How fucked up, it doesn't matter. You can be anonymous as all fuck. I don't care. I will not spill out your name if you don't want me to. I am not that bad. But please, yeah, fucking... I, I want this to be interactive. Like, I want more and more people to reach out. I've got a few messages now that I need to read out in the next episode. But just, um, yeah, reach out to us. Hey, yeah, fans, reach out and we, we'll chat about stuff. No bother. No bother at all. But anyway, let's get into our little uh, goodbye message before we turn off the podcast and uh, have something to eat, hey? Yeah, yeah. Anything you want to say? Oh, yeah, sure. Look, lads. You know how it is now. We say this all the time. If you're feeling a bit sad or you're a bit dark or you're a bit down, talk about it, you know. I do do stuff on TikTok there, promoting the mental health and stuff, and people be saying, oh, it's easier said than done, lad. I understand that. I understand. But if you can just try and fucking do it, if you can just try and talk about stuff, watch how it helps you, like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm fucking, I'm prime example of someone that doesn't fucking talk when I'm feeling like shit. And I'm only getting better at it now. For a long time, for a long time, I didn't know how to do it. For a long time, I was just keeping stuff in. 
And there's a lot of stuff in me that I, I still haven't gotten out of me yet. And I'm trying to work myself up to, to being able to talk about it. But it's not stuff that's really holding me down. Adding that really holds me down, I've learned how to, how to shift it. But that, that's what it is. Just getting it off you. Letting go of it. As soon as you let go of it, it's gone. You know, if it comes back, you can let go of it again. You know, it, it, it's all about talking. It's all about communicating and just letting people know that you're a bit sad. We'd sooner know you're sad than know you're dead. And that's, that's the straight of it. Like That is the straight of it. You're a wise man. You're a wise fucking man, hey? But it's just every day you're seeing on the internet uh, some young person committing suicide. And it's clearly because they felt trapped. They felt uh, like they, they couldn't escape from whatever it was that was holding them down. And you, you don't need to do that. Like, life is putting so much pressure on people. Social media itself puts an immense amount of pressure on people. Me, myself, and most other creators will tell you, anyone that's posting out videos there all the time that have got a huge following. Like, we've just reached over 91,000 now. That's fucking unreal, like. And um, you're constantly under pressure on how to put out a decent video for people. And you're under, you've got constant anxiety knowing that will this video perform well? Will enough people see it? Will the people that I want to see it, see it? And it's just a constant stress. And social media is, is a big problem these days for young people. Everyone wants to be on it. Everyone wants to be seen on it. And if they don't be seen on it, like say their friend or like someone that they know on social media, that tends to affect them and... You know, whether it's money, whether it's uh, sexuality, whether it's uh, fitting in with family or it's childhood trauma or whatever it is that could be possibly holding you down and bringing you towards uh, the, the path of suicide. Just know like, that there is ways where you can stay here and be happy here, you know, and there is a lot of people, even if you don't think it, there is a lot of people here that want you here. Just, I, don't, I don't know anyone in your life now that wants you dead. Let me say that to you. All right. So the best thing you can do is just try and reach out to someone, whether it's a friend, family member, a stranger online like myself, who you look up to and you might watch and think, God, he's a sound lad. Because I am. I will, I will reply to your messages. I don't get around to replying to every message because a lot of messages are, are the same kind of questions about Australia and all that kind of stuff. That I, I, if, I, if I reply to every one of them, I, I'd never have a minute. But when I get a genuine message from someone that someone is struggling and stuff, I will fucking reach out and I will help that person. So if you need to use me as that avenue, please, no problem. I'm happy to help you. I don't need to know the ins and outs of your life, your, your name or anything like that. You can make up a fucking fake account and message me that way. No problem at all. I'm happy to help you, Slits. But yeah, talk more. Talk more and get it off your chest. And the quicker you talk, the quicker you start enjoying life again. So, lads, thanks very much for listening to the podcast. And look, we're happy to be doing it. Like, you know, we're happy to be doing it. So please feel free to give us a five-star rating on Spotify if you found this enjoyable and... Tell your friends that, that we're good lads. We're good lads. All right, I'm going to head off here now and pawn the kettle. Are you going to cook some sausages? Yeah, yeah, I'll pawn the sausages. All right, lads, we're, we're going to head off here now. See you later on. Thanks, bye. Uh, see you later on, lads. Go on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.